Hey guys, this is Jeff Stanick with Figured Out Baseball. Got a really good uh, Figured Out Baseball podcast today in the series that we call the Real Dirt Podcast, where we we get our hands dirty in one particular topic. Uh, typically, in our longer free podcasts on the website, we jump around from topic to topic. In the Real Dirt series, we spend the entire podcast talking about one specific subject. So, if it's a subject you're interested in, a subject matter you're uh, you're curious about, hopefully we'll cover everything that you need to know within that topic. Today, we are being joined by John Sheehan, who's the head coach at Millersville University, an extremely successful Division II program in Pennsylvania. Um, we're going to be talking today about timing in recruiting. And if you follow the Figured Out Baseball Twitter account, you might have seen that uh, Coach Miller and I had a, had a little bit of a discussion on social media, and then I put out a couple of videos actually talking about the timing of recruiting, and I think it was a little bit, a little bit different than what Coach Sheehan was talking about. Uh, but that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the timing in recruiting, and we'll explain exactly what that means in a minute. Before we jump into the podcast itself, I want to give Coach Sheehan, uh, give you the background on Coach Sheehan, so you know where he's been, and, and just kind of have an idea uh, of his background and how successful he's been. He's a graduate of Millersville University, where he's now the head coach. He graduated from there in 2006 after a very successful playing career. As the head coach at Millersville, he has won eight Eastern Division Conference championships. He's made nine NCAA tournament appearances. Twice his team has won the NCAA Regional and advanced beyond that to the Super Regional. In 2016, his team was the NCAA Division II national runner-up. They finished with an overall record that year of 53-7, and an unbelievable mark there. Uh, four times in his coaching career, his head coaching career, his team has won 40 games. He is also a three-time ABCA Atlantic Region Coach of the Year Award recipient. Uh, Coach Sheen, I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Jeff, I'm glad to be here, and a subject that is dear to my heart, especially this time of the year, uh, recruiting and timing. So let's talk about specifically what timing and recruiting means, because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this may not be exactly sure what it means to talk about timing and recruiting. So going back to that tweet that you wrote, and it was a really good thread, uh, if anybody wants to go back and, and look at that, I, I, whether they'll be able to find it or not on Twitter, sometimes things that are a little bit older are hard to find. But let's talk. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean specifically by the timing and recruiting and what you wrote about that day on Twitter? Sure. Every every year is a little bit different in terms of what a program's needs are. Um, how many shortstops do they need? Do they need a shortstop? How many catchers? Um, everybody needs arms every year, but some years we need three arms and some years like this year we needed eight arms. Um, so it just depends on, you know, it starts with need. Now what positions, uh, do you need to fill in each class in terms of what you're losing or what you might think you might need lose from, from a draft aspect? Um, it's become trickier, obviously, with COVID. Um, but then, the timing part of it is um, each program is going to be a little bit different in terms of when kids tend to commit. We, we've fallen into a pattern specifically at Millersville that it, it seems to be when the travel ball period starts wrapping up from the summer. So last week of July, first week of August, um, we generally start to fill up pretty quick. Um, and, and, you know, there's only so many spaces and, and uh in the PSAC, especially, and I can speak to that, being in that conference, there's not a lot of scholarship dollars. So, you know, we don't deadline guys, but, you know, spots come and go. And, and uh, when there's no spots left, um, there's no spots left. So 
timing is crucial. And, and many times we've had guys say, Hey, I want to come here. And, uh, you know, 24 hours before we had a spot 24 hours later, we don't. So it's, you know, it, it tends to, uh, it tends to, to, uh, to really get competitive and, and, it, and, and things move really, really fast. So that's kind of the timing in a nutshell for us. But like I said, every program is going to be different in terms of, you know, how the admissions process works too. Um, that could play into it. If a player asks you specifically, or maybe he doesn't even need to ask you, do you discuss timing with players? Do you tell players um, basically what your timeline looks like or how many spots you have left? Or, again, you said you don't give them a deadline, but without giving a deadline, do you tell players that up front? Or if not, if a player asked you, you know, Coach, what's what's the timeline here? Like, how long do I have to make a decision are you willing to, you know, is it okay for a player to ask you that? And I'm asking this specifically if a, if a prospective student athlete is listening to this who is uncommitted and maybe is, is in some discussion with schools. Just one of kind of, uh, if, if that's a question on their mind, I'd like you to be able to address that. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's, it's one of the last questions we typically ask on every recruiting visit. It starts with, what's your timeline look like? Um, because every recruit's going to have, you know, a calendar built out for the year and hey we've got events through the end of july or we've got three events in the month of august that we've already paid for um and it's helpful for us to know based on you know does their timeline match ours um and if the timeline for for a guy is to make a decision in october and our you know based on what's available in terms of like we like 10 pictures and we have five spots um you know when i say we don't deadline guys we may offer six or seven pitchers x amount of dollars and say we've got four or five spots and once those spots fill up they fill up uh, what you get is you get you get the four or five guys that want to be in your program um but that guy that, that had a timeline of october sorry man like it's probably not going to happen for you at millersville and that's the timing piece that you know if you want to play for us it's you know unfortunately we we're especially this year and this time it's a buyer's market right there's more pitchers out there than than roster spots available in college baseball, or at least at this level. So um, I think discussing it, creating clarity around it is huge. We, we have to have that conversation because if this is really where you want to be, you know, the pressure part might not be us deadlining you. The pressure part may be, hey, if this is really where you want to be, then you need to make a decision to come here that might be outside of your comfort zone or maybe even outside of your, your timeline, unfortunately. So, um, the buyer's market part is the hardest thing to get through to to a lot of families and recruits because there are just more um, players available that can help good programs, especially at the Division Two level. Right now, I would I would guess at the Division Three level as well. And um, there's more there's more players available than there are roster spots. So that's absolutely the case. I, I've seen that even just from. The scouting that I do, I've uh, you know been in, in contact with coaches over the last year or so and said, hey, I think this guy can play for you in a lot. And I've gotten some responses like in a normal year, yes, but honestly this year, like we're, there's so many extra pitchers out there, so many other guys available that a guy that would normally go to a certain level is now either 
uh, you know, being offered less scholarship money than he would have been two years ago, or even dropping down a level just because of, of the extra bodies that are available because COVID has allowed guys to play for a fifth and a sixth year. And, you know, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's crazy what's happened to rosters. Um, Coach Sheehan, how do you interpret if a player says to you, okay, you, you, maybe you have the kid on a visit, um, He's been on your campus. He's met you. He's met the other assistant coaches. Uh, you've made him a scholarship offer, and he says, "I'm going to hold out just so I can I can finish my. I'm going to play fall ball. Uh, you know, it's I have a couple more months left of baseball. I'm going to just play it out and see what other offers come along. What is that? How do you interpret that as a coach? And again, asking this from the perspective of a student athlete who might have done that or might have thoughts of doing that. What does that mean when a player says that to you? How's that interpreted from a recruiting standpoint? You know, I, I do think that there's a there's a level of um, what's the uh, there's there's just a level of, of, of honesty there that you, that you got to take in as a coach. Like, it, you know, the kid the kid's probably misinformed in terms of like what what you know what's actually available from a roster aspect, at least in our program. Or on the other side of it, maybe work just the backup plan, and that's just not what they're, what they're you know, looking for um, out of the gate. And to me, I think our culture is the biggest piece of our. You know, if you want to know why our program's successful, our, our culture is uh, is the biggest piece there. And I think our culture should sell. Um, to be honest, I, I don't want to make it a sales process because it's really not. I mean, it, it's it's about finding the people that fit our program. So to me, it may take a couple weeks, but guys should be able to compare cultures of programs after they go on a few visits and say, ah, that's the that's the place I should get best in. So if you're going to tell me that you're going to wait two or three months, or you're going to wait till the fall, this probably isn't the right place for you anyway. Um, we hope that it kind of slaps you in the face after after your visit and you say whoa, that's for me, or whoa, that's not for me. And, um, you know, it is kind of a turnoff, to be honest, when somebody's like, well, we're going to wait for, you know, you know, end of the fall. Now, if it's early June and we, we tell you that we're probably, you know, we, we typically finish up recruiting in, you know, late July, early August, um, you know, and you're going to, and you're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to wait for the end of the summer season. That's a typical that's a typical response, and that's totally fine because guys have spent a lot of money to play summer ball, and they they tend to have busy weekends, and it's hard to fit visits in. So, um, go on your visits. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but waiting two to three to four more months, and I'm going to go to and go and add three or four more events is a is a pretty big turn off. So you said earlier again that you don't deadline players, but I want people, part of the reason for this podcast is I want to help parents and players understand just what what goes on from the recruiting side of things and, and how recruiters think and interpret things and just how the world is moving from, from that side of the table. So let's talk about, I want to talk a little bit about just the fact that, that you don't deadline people. And from my experience as a, as a coach and now, um, you know, outside of college coaching, I just, I, I kind of hear a lot more from a lot more programs. I don't know that there's a lot of deadlining going on besides, you know, I've, I've heard legit stories about power five schools giving kids 48 hours to make a decision. And I think that, right. I don't know, I assume that still happens. 
Um, and I know there are some other Division One programs that I've heard in the past, even at the mid-major level, that would say, you know, hey, you visited, so once you visit, you have two weeks to make a decision or we're moving on. And I've asked guys, what's the what's the point there or what's the thought process? And it's like, well, if he really if he really likes it and wants to be a part of the program, he'll know it. And if by, within two weeks he doesn't know it, then it's time for us to move on. But I want to ask you, um, when, when you have a player that kind of knows everything he needs to know about you and you feel like you've given the player and family enough time um, to really to really think about things, and uh, and maybe the player says that he is going to wait a little while before making a decision. Tell me why or how it works from your side. You, and you mentioned earlier you might have three you might have three scholarships available for pitchers, and you might offer that out to six people. Can you kind of explain why that's a necessary thing on the college side of things? And this all plays into the timing, of course, because if a player waits too long those scholarships might be gone if he decides a couple of months from now that, yeah, I, I do. I think I do want to go there. Can you tell me why that, why that happens? Like it does from the, from the, from your side of things, from the college coaching side of things, why it has to be that way and why you can't say to a player, Hey, you need a couple more months to decide. Great. This scholarship offer is yours. Take as, as much time as you need. Why can that not happen at the college level? Can you just kind of talk about, about that and about, you know, how the recruiting process works from, from your side to help parents and prospective student athletes understand. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to peel the onion back from a couple different places. So um, I think let's start with just the guys we have in our program right now. Player development is is uh, is where I think we earn the most bang for our buck. So um, I think our focus on the guys that we have in our program um, has to be our number one priority. And if we're constantly you know, recruiting is a 365-day-a-year thing, right? And we're always looking. We're always watching social media. We're always talking to kids, for, you know. But there's a two-and-a-half-month time period in the summer for our program that, that we are really focused on, you know, evaluating the right kids for our program, getting to know the kids that we'd like to have in our program, and then um, making offers and hopefully securing players for the next four or five years, right? So – um, if we can be laser focused on those two and a half months, then when our guys get back to school in the fall, we can be laser focused on them and not have to worry about going out and seeing this junior college showcase and this showcase and this, this event and continuing to bring kids on campus because it's super time consuming to be focused on recruiting at that point. So, um, and I know at Division One, man, it's like, it's, look, it, it, it never ends. Um, but we've kind of found a niche here that we can focus solely on player development for most of the year and make our guys better here. Um, so that's part number one to focus on our own guys. Um, part number two is that um, we we found a way to really kind of uh, get to know the guys that we're recruiting and be laser focused on trying to shrink that pool from maybe sixty guys down to the fifteen that we really think can contribute from a talent aspect first and then from a cultural aspect um, and trying to, to eliminate guys from a cultural aspect has really helped us find, you know, fine tune. Okay. Instead of doing 35, 40, 50 visits to get 10 guys, we're going to do 15 to 20 and um, we're going to offer those 15 to 20 and we're going to tell those guys we're offering 15 to 20 and be really clear. And then the first 10 guys that take it, take it. Um, and it is a little bit of a juggling, you know, deal because there's going to be some guys that offer get offered a little bit more than others, obviously. Um, 
So, so at the end, it really comes down to communicating. Hey, we got this much money left. We need three more guys. Okay, we just had another guy commit. We've got this much money left, and we've got two guys left. Um, and it does put a little bit of pressure on recruits to to um, to pull the trigger, so to speak. But um, we really want the guys that are best for our program, and that's usually the guys that, just like you said earlier. Um, you know, they know what they're looking at. They know what they want, and this is what they want. And um, that's why we only had one guy in the transfer portal in a year where there's 3,400s because we nailed it on the recruiting end. Um, and we get guys that fit. And, uh, and I think that's the secret sauce, right? It's getting guys that fit your culture, and then they tend to not leave because they know what they're getting into, and they know exactly what they signed up for. When they sign up for it, they're getting, they're getting it rather than, hey, I'm signing up for something I didn't expect, right? The expectations in reality always have to to meet if you're going to have sustainability and not have 15 guys in the transfer portal every year. So, And by the way, the guys in the transfer portal, um, let's just say academically it didn't really work out. So, you know, <laughs> we're still, you know, we're looking for guys that, that are getting it done from that aspect as well too. But um, there's usually a reason why guys are in the transfer portal from our program and, I'm proud of that. We we want we want guys that stick and, and make a lifetime decision here. So um, did that answer the question? Because there's a lot of layers to that onion. That you know that's why we offer ten guys and get six, or that's why we offer fifteen guys and get ten. Um, no. Yeah, and that's why I wanted so, to ask you because I just I wanted I, I think it's a fair question because I think a lot of parents and kids out there might feel like. You know, a coach saying that to them, like, "Hey, uh, we need one. We want to. We want to sign one more shortstop on scholarship. We've offered three guys. The first guy to take it gets it." Like a lot of people right. are going to look at that and think, "Well, that you're putting pressure on me, and like I need some more time to think about it." But I wanted to give it from from a coach's perspective as to why that why that's fair, but I, also yeah, like think, why you kind of need to do it because and and why you can't like just kind of give. Uh, you know, give a guy as much time as he as he needs to make a decision. If if the maybe your top guy sure. is going to drag his feet a little bit. I just again, I just kind of wanted you know, to I, give a coach's perspective on that. Absolutely. So so the other side of that too is that you know another layer of that onion. If if you look at it from from a Division One aspect, and they can offer a shortstop seventy percent, right? I think if you offer a guy that much money, you have every right to say, hey, you got two weeks because we want to offer that money to two other guys. We might offer thirty five percent. The two other guys if you decide you're the guy we really want but you know we we can't we can't just wait around with 70 percent when we have 11.7 scholarships right so at our level we can't three scholarships for the entire team some of us at our level only have two scholarships for the entire team so if we offer a thousand bucks to somebody i don't feel like i have the, the right of the power to say you got 48 hours or you got two weeks um to make a decision but what i will tell you is for a thousand bucks, we're offering three shortstops a thousand bucks, or we're offering three shortstops two or three thousand bucks, and and at that point, you know, we're gonna we're we're just gonna give you the time. Like you, you can go on another visit, sure, but the bottom line is when the money's gone, the money's gone, when the spot's gone, the spot's gone. So, um, you know, try to be efficient with your other visits and and be efficient with your decision making. Um, there are times where high school kids and parents think they have all the time in the world. 
and they'll just sit and wait and not make a decision for any other reason other than they don't have to make a decision. So I think sometimes pressure is good in terms of, hey, let's go make our visits. Let's sit down and do our pros and cons. You know, we already know Coach Sheehan. We already know Coach whoever. Um, you know, let's figure out what the right fit is and, and pull the trigger and make this decision. Um, you know, and that's that's really what it comes down to. We we there's pressure on both ends. We want recruiting to be over as soon as as soon as we possibly can. Um, like I said, so we can focus on our team. Um, but you know, the, the player has to feel better when they get it done too, right? The parents have to feel the pressure. Lifted off of their shoulders. Yes, they can so. stop going to events that cost you know seven hundred dollars for one day type of events when there are going to be two coaches in the stands and all the other stuff that that recruits go through uh, nowadays. You know, and it's not any different than, in my opinion, it's not any different than what you're going to experience elsewhere in your life. I think baseball and life have a lot of similarities in a lot of other ways. Like you're, you know. Um, you meet, you know, if you're if you're an older, you're at you're out of college and, and whatever. You you meet a couple girls and you like them both. Like you can't you can't just juggle both for a while. You've got to make a decision. If you have a couple jobs, right. if you're applying for other jobs, and uh, and you you know you you're ready to move on from somewhere and you get two job offers, you you can't take three months to make a decision because they're going to move on. They they need somebody now. And from a college's point of view, there's a there's a lot of reasons why. Um, you know why you might tell somebody that there there is a timeline of sorts, even if it's not a, a, a quote unquote a deadline. Uh, but like you're, I think you're right that sometimes putting a little pressure on, you know, makes people look at what they really want. And and ultimately, if the school you want is still not in front of you, then you say, "Sorry, coach, I just I need to wait for something else." And that's fine. But like that decision, just right. a, a no is a no is almost as valuable to a, to a college recruiter as a yes is because then at least you know what, you know, you need to go another direction. You're not just kind of in limbo for a long time. I think one of the things that really helps timing is, is having recruits that really know what they want before they get into the process. There's something that I would recommend every kid do. Yeah. You hear, Hey, go watch games, right? Well, you can go watch games and have a pretty good idea that you fit in a, you know, from a talent aspect anywhere in the PSAC, for example, or any mid-major or, hey, if you're a power five guy, you're probably going to know it pretty early in your career just by the amount of interest. And, in, you know, Greg Williams comes out from PBR and like, hey, you're a power five guy. You probably are. Cause that's what his job is to go out and evaluate players and, and know what it looks like. So, um, that's one side of it, certainly, but, you know, the academic side has to come first and foremost. It gets overlooked, right? If they don't have your major, don't go there. You know, that's going to make it easier from a timing aspect. You don't have to visit schools that um, don't have, you know, geology if you want to be a geology major. So um, that's part of it. And then, you know, from a baseball aspect, you ought to kind of have an idea of what you want to get into from a cultural side of things. I, I think, you know, there are certain programs that there's, there's guys in our, in our league that I love and respect. Um, and I love to compete against them, but I know our cultures are completely different. And it's not a good and bad thing. It's just we're different coaches. We have different styles. We go about practice different. We go about player development different. Um, we build our teams based on offense or based on pitching. Or, based, you know, some guys play a lot of small ball. Some guys hit home runs and strike out a lot. Like, do you fit from that aspect? And what are you looking for? Um, what do you want from a development aspect? We get the question all the time. Do you do driveline? What is doing driveline, right? Like, Here's what we do from a pitching development aspect. And do you fit this, this side of, you know, development or not? Um, you know, I, I think there's, there, 
there's a lot of those questions that that can speed up the process. I'm a I'm a hunter, okay. So if I go out west and and I have a week to hunt and I decide to pass up a big elk on the first day, thinking that there's something better on the last day, it's a chance, right? And I think that's the timing that you got to think about. Only the pressure is greater um, if the shoe fits, right? If it, if if you feel like this is the right place for you, then you need to pull the trigger and not wait around too. I'm thinking that there's something better out there because there likely isn't, especially in this day and age. You know, don't wait around. I, I think it happens every single year where we lose a guy or a guy loses a situation that he thinks that he's in love with because there there might be that prettier girl that's around the corner. In reality, you know, the other girls have already looked at you and, and said, no thanks or we're already full. We're already married. You know, we already got a boyfriend. So... And that's what timing, a lot of the timing in this conversation comes down to that. When you find something that you feel good about, it, you sometimes you just got to say yes and, and go for that and trust your gut as opposed to maybe listening to a voice, a little voice in your ear or, or if you have an advisor who's saying, you know what, I think you might be able to find something a little better. I mean, you might, but there's, there's a pretty good chance you might not. You might really regret that decision down the line uh, because, like you said, just spots fill up. Spots fill up everywhere pretty quickly. I've, I've got two more questions for you, Coach Sheehan, and we've got about five minutes left um, in our segment here. The first one, and, and maybe this will take up the whole five minutes, and if it does, that's okay. You see a kid that you like, and it's kind of the timing of, um, I, I guess, recruiting-wise, it makes sense to start getting him on campus to talk to him. Like if you see a freshman in high school that you like, that's probably not the right timing for you guys. But if you see a guy that like the, the timing of recruiting kind of works out, you see him, you speak to him, you get him on campus, and you make him an offer. Can you give me a rough idea of like again, just kind of, I, I, I you give it, you give a kid and his family time to learn everything they need to learn about you. Could you give me a a, um, a timeline of like what, how quickly you would like to see things happen? Actually, let me let me go back one step. You see a kid and like him, and you call him and say, "I'd like to have you on a visit." What is the typical timeline from the time he visits to the time that kid gets an offer to when you would comfortably like to hear a yes or a no? And again, I'm asking this to give anybody that's listening to this a, a rough idea, maybe before they even get into the process of like, this is, we're going to have to make a decision in this period of time. So they sort of know how quickly they've got to move. What's the timeline there from, again, you, you see a guy, you call him. I want to, we want to have you on campus from that day until either a yes or a no what what's the timing you'd like to see and so about 10 i, I bet less than 10 percent of our kids uh commit before christmas of their junior year um we had one kid commit around thanksgiving last year and it's rare i mean we're, we're gonna bring in maybe a half dozen kids in the fall that we really really like that we feel like we have to compete with division one schools and they're probably going to get deadlines or they're probably going to have to be making decisions to go to division one or not before then the majority, 90% of our recruiting classes, um, we love to see kids in high school because the competitive aspect, right? They're going out to win that day. They're not necessarily going out to play for PBR or to, to uh, go in a showcase and run really well or, you know, focus individually. You know, um, they're focused on winning games for their team. So um, that's what we're all about. We want to win games first, and then we want to help kids get, you know, Get, get drafted and, and obviously the big piece is come get an education number one but but from a baseball aspect win games um play professionally have a great experience um so that's what we're after we're after competitors and what better way to do it than see them in high school but we're not expecting kids to you know stop what they're doing come visit 
it's it, it's it's visits typically don't happen during the high school season. Visits typically happen when they're out of school during the summer. So um, we're trying to lock in and get as many visits as we can done in June and July and make those offers, knowing that most of these kids are going to make decisions uh, when their summer season ends and and all of their events are, are wrapping up. And that generally is what happens. You know, two months is not a a long time in terms of hey we're we're going to hear from you and we have a pretty good idea that we're going to hear from you the last two weeks of july um and we try to get that from guys like what what is your time period for making this decision okay that 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 pretty much works for us that's good let's just keep in touch we're going to see it two or three more times between now and then um but like i said if you're waiting till school starts again there probably won't be any space for you um so that's reasonable for us um, I wouldn't say it's like a, we're going to give you a month or we expect you to make a decision in a month. It's kind of more timing in terms of the rest of the class. Like most, most of these kids at, at our level, for whatever reason, have been making decisions those last two weeks of July, the first week of August. And it's been going for, you know, four or five years now that our classes have generally wrapped up. We might need to, you know, get back in the fall and see that, that, uh, had a couple, you know, we had an injury or we had, you know, some guys that aren't getting it done in the classroom and we have to, we have to add a space, add a, add a guy. But for the most part, it's been one or two guys and we do, usually do that by way of transfer. So that's kind of leads me to my last question in the last minute that we've got here. Is there a time when it can get too late for guys? If a kid, kids hold out for whatever reason, because they want to wait for a division one offer, they want to wait for something better. Do you ever have needs pop up late? Uh, like just for example, when a, a guy tells you kind of late that he's not coming back, that you weren't expecting, or someone you know is ineligible, does that sort of stuff happen? Where, um, like in the last month or two, or or even three months, just say after you're you've played high school ball senior year and you're in the summer and you're still not committed, but you know, but either maybe a kid took a jump or for whatever reason he's still out there. Do you ever have spots that pop open late for a kid like that? It's super rare, but yes. Um... We added a left-handed pitcher this year. And you're talking about left, left-handed pitching. Like, who doesn't need left-handed pitching? But we, we picked up another high school guy this year, um, and he was lights out. He took a major jump. Um, but it was like a no money, hey, we're going to take this guy over a, a transfer. Um, and usually we'll, we'll pick, you know, if you look at our roster, we're generally, we don't build, there's a lot of D2 clubs. Like, we faced one World Series a couple years ago. The only high school kid that they signed on the entire roster ended up being a big leaguer. Um, every other guy on their 25-man NCAA roster was a transfer. That's not our program. Um, we build on high school kids primarily, and we cherry-pick one or two transfers every year. Um, but this kid this year late was was one of those guys that we felt like it was a better investment of a roster spot for us to sign a high school kid with four years of eligibility rather than go out and get a transfer with one or two years left. And we just felt like it would be a better situation. We do feel like he could be an impact guy early based on his stuff. Um, so it happens, but it's rare. It's very rare. We've had three walk-ons make our team in 15 years, and two of them were all Americans. Um, <laughs> and both of them had our hits record at one time. So it's, it's tough to find roster space late in the game, for sure. That's really so, great stuff. Don't wait is- around. 
This is John Sheen, everybody. He's the head coach at Millersville University, a very successful Division II program in Southeast Pennsylvania. Uh, coach Sheen, I just want to thank you for taking the time today to talk about the timing and recruiting. Uh, very much appreciate it and, uh, and just appreciate all the info you gave us. You got it, Jeff. I got a heart for these families. I know they're going through a pressure of pack time and, and, uh, more than happy to share as much information.